Looking forward to talking to David Eustace shortly, Mike. Actually, I'll just grab that time before we move on. Yeah, 101.74 it was, uh, Huss and Engel. Yeah, um, I met um, David for the first time. It was 2014. Dave Stanley and myself went for Sky to um, cover the Hong Kong International Meeting in December, and he was there, and we met him at, at breakfast, and he was talking about... Um, he was actually looking after a couple of Roger Varian horses from memory um, about, you know, prospects of moving to Australia then. So he's obviously been thinking about, you know, quite ambitious, thinking about his movements, you know, almost 10 years ago. So um, I don't know what he was thinking back then in 2014, whether he was going to be back within 10 years as a trainer. Like, it's just amazing, isn't it? The big circle. Um, for David Eustace. Mm, of course, he joined uh, Kira Ma some years ago. They're together in this partnership arrangement, Mike. They're 30 Group 1 winners um, since he started. Mm. Their first winner was Pakenham in 2018 in the August. And, of course, uh, Gold Trip winning a Melbourne, Melbourne Cup, Cup for them and Gatta here. I mean, the list goes on and on. So Dragon A won a Cox Plate for them. And I think David was instrumental in that as well. I mean think about all of the connections that he's been able to make, like he, his dad um, trained there at a famous property at Newmarket, all the connections that he had in the UK and Ireland and France and, and now here in Australia. Um, yeah, he, he certainly does fit the bill to go to Hong Kong, doesn't he? He's with us now. How are you, David? Hi, Jen. Good, thanks. How are you? Good. Been a crazy week, no doubt. Michael, you wouldn't have heard us. We're just saying, I bet a lot of the participants feel completely wrecked next week after all the adrenaline running through the, the blood, running through the veins this week. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, it's always a great week. Uh, it's hectic. Um, you're burning the candle at both ends, track work in the morning and uh, sales during the day and, and uh, a bit of social in the evening. So uh, it's a lot of fun and uh, we're getting to the point here. Michael Maxworthy said something something to me prior to coming on air that he, he thinks uh, if you weren't training, you should be a radio announcer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a late-night talkback host. <laughs> he said you've got a lovely voice. David, I'm keen to, obviously, we've got so many subjects to cover. Just with the Hong Kong situation, and we had Mark Newnham with us yesterday, and he said he got a phone call some time ago, a long time ago, a while ago, to say that he's on a short list. Can you tell me when they called you, what sort of time period? Uh, I went there in June um, for, for work after a cooling gas run at Royal Ascot, and... Um, you know, was was there to hopefully drum up a bit of support for the stable, and and after that, uh, you know, we then had some talks, and so I suppose it's been a six-month period of bit of toing and froing. It took me a, a while to process it, and um, and actually make the decision. Obviously, had a wonderful seven years with Kieran and five years in partnership, and a lot of lovely horses and, and great owners and, and team of staff behind so that it wasn't never been lost on me and uh, as a result it's you know weighed heavily but um, I think it's you know a great opportunity and you know I'm young uh, I think if I don't go now I'll probably never go and um, yeah I'm just really looking forward to the challenge. When did you tell Kieran, can I ask him, and what was his reaction when you broke the news to him that you've decided to accept the Hong Kong offer? Um, look, he was, he's was he been extremely good the whole way through. Um, I told him 
after the spring. And, um, you know, it naturally, he felt that at some stage an opportunity such as this would come along. He obviously, like me, didn't know exactly what. But, um, you know, as a fair of young, and, you know, we've had a wonderful partnership and, and um, virtually never had a crossword, but it's, it's never going to last forever. And, um, you know, the companies and the business and the, 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 the stables so well set up now um, that I think it's it's in the right sort of position for it to be Kiramar and, and um, you know, he can press on uh, on his own and uh, I'm sure he'll work out, you know, what the future holds long term in the next few months. David, do you think he'll get another partner? Yeah, look, I, I really don't know. There's, you know, some fantastic talent um, behind the scenes. You know, Jack Turnbull's been with the team for three years, his assistant at Cranbourne. Declan, his brother, obviously. Um, no one knows the system better than him. And Joe, who runs uh, Sydney, is, is an absolutely fantastic horseman and communicator. So I don't know, and I don't think Kieran knows yet either. Um, you know, he's ably supported and he'll, he'll lead the team and obviously it's for him to work out on me. David, you, you mentioned that you, you're only young. How old are you at the moment? I'm 32. 32. Um, is that a record for an expatriate trainer to be licensed in Hong Kong, like in terms of age? Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, mm, I'd I say so. In, re in recent time, probably, but, um, you know, early on, I might have been someone younger, but, um, yeah, I couldn't tell you for sure. Jamie's, Jamie Richards is 34, I think he's oh, okay. similar age yeah. to me. So, yeah. yeah. Tell us about um, growing up on uh, the famous property. Um, your dad, hugely successful there in the UK. Is, is it Park Lodge, the property, the famous property that you've lived at? Yeah, Park Lodge is actually the oldest stable uh, in Newmarket. And, um, yeah, I grew up there, mum and dad. Um, I just it sort of 35 years ago now, I suppose. And um, Harry's now training out of there now. But, um, yeah, obviously a great, great situation to, to grow up in. You know, we, we, were, we were mucking our boxes and tacking up and helping out in the yard as, as soon as we could. And, you know, we weren't forced into it. We just loved it and still do. And, and um, yeah, mum and dad have sort of taken a, a step back and are in the background and Harry's taken over and has, you know, had a great start to his training career um, two years in. And it's fantastic to see the business grow um, even further under his care so yeah, we we weren't um, as I say forced into it in any way we just, just, just loved it from day one mm. and at about what age did you start to think well maybe I want to you know want to move abroad maybe come to come to another country well I wanted to be a jumps jockey um, for a long long time and uh, Sensibly, uh, was honest with myself at the age of 18 and knew that I wasn't going to be nearly good enough or brave enough. And um, so then it was always going to be training after that. And uh, I got a job in Newmarket um, for Roger Varian. I was assistant to him for four years. Um, he was a fantastic mentor, but he, and he he was I was always going to 
work abroad and travel abroad. I didn't know when, but he he sent me down here to travel a couple of horses, and right, it was him who said, "Look, you're going down there. You've done four years with me. You're 22. You should stay there." And um, you know, I'm very grateful for the advice he, he said uh, said to me. And so when I came down here and looked after the two horses, which I then ended up taking one of them to Hong Kong, but um, I met Peter Moody, and he was looking for you know someone to he was looking for a, a lackey basically, uh, which I was for a year. And uh, yeah, I went from there. I had a great year with Moody, and he taught me a huge amount, and it's been great the whole way through. We're still still always in touch and um, spent a year with Snowden before then going to Kieran. So did word get around that you've obviously got a great work ethic and so on, which led to then Kieran Ma? Tell us about that approach to be become involved with that stable. Um, yeah, I suppose so. I met Kieran at Caulfield when I was working for Peter and I could see he was growing. He was you know, clearly very talented, hands-on. He used to ride all his own work. And, um, you know, I, I liked that and, and appreciated that at the time when he could. And um, just like the way he trained, it was, in a way, sort of quite European. Yeah, kept things as relaxed as possible. And um, I actually said to him, if you ever open up a stable in Sydney, I'd love to run it. I'm going up there um, for the Snowdens. And, and if an opportunity arose, I, I'd, I would like to have the chance but he wasn't ready to do that and he rang me up and said I'm not you know I'm not ready to open up in Sydney but I need some help down in Melbourne because I'm expanding and, and it went from there so um, you know sort of doors doors closing and opening moves lost his license as a result here and took over a stable and quite a few of his horses and um, you know similar thing really with um, with Darren Weir obviously losing his license and and had the opportunity to purchase Ballarat and that sort of took us from a 200 all stable to, to 400 for overnight. But obviously you just have this mutual respect and you know some people articles have been written that your racing's odd couple and all that sort of stuff but you must just gel together. Yeah I, I, I think the odd couple thing is, is probably um, uh, an easy thing to write but um, probably not that true. Um, but yeah I think we I mean, it's not like we've been doing it forever, but we, we certainly know what we're doing together. We obviously communicate extremely well, but at the same time, read the play. And, um, you know, we have to make calls all the time um, without without having to discuss it, knowing that that, that would be uh, the right one. So, you know, ultimately, Kieran's the boss, and, and uh, he's... he's you know, you see him at the sales, he's very brave in the ring and um, has always been keen to expand, as have I, um, but it's not an easy thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I think we just, we obviously get on extremely well and, you know, as you say, there's a, there's a respect there. And a former jumps jockey, a very good one as well, something you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a much talent, more talented rider than I ever was, I can assure you, but... Um, uh, there's, there's, there's certainly um, some synergy there. He's always been uh, into his jumps racing, and back home we grew, we grew up with both. It's, uh, jumps racing at home is as big as it is on the flat. 
And, of course, there's so many good people that have come through the Mars School, like the names I think of, and, and you can name some more, but Jack Bruce, who's doing so well in Queensland, and Annabelle Nisham, her stable's exploded, and she ran that Sydney stable. And no doubt there's, there's quite a few more as well that have come through this Mar operation that have gone on to be so successful, and, and with you as well, of course. Yeah, Lucy Yeomans has gone into partnership with Lloyd Kennewell and is a very, very talented horsewoman and they're, they're, they're making great strides too. We've got runners up at, uh, in the two-year-old race uh, tomorrow. So, you know, it's just a, a great environment for, for horse and human. Kieran's very um, progressive in his thinking and keen to delegate. Uh, recognises that if you delegate, people will make mistakes and learn from them a bit quicker. Um, than uh, micromanaging and uh, that, that, that in itself is brave because he knows full well that people will make errors and it might be to the detriment short term but it's uh, a positive thing for the business long term. David, I guess it's going to be vastly different to what you're used to, talking about the big numbers and that with, with Kieran and the way things operate here in Australia with, with different states that you have horses in. Compared to Hong Kong, um, it's going to be uh, totally different, would you say? Yeah, it will be, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, 70, a maximum of 70 in work. Um, and there is two training locations, uh, one in across the border in China called Chungfa, which is a fantastic facility. But, yeah, obviously it's going to be more hands-on, which I am looking forward to. Um, and, uh, you know, being able to, you know, manage everything from the top to bottom is, is something that I think I'll enjoy uh, with a, you know, with a, a good assistant trainer who I think I found as well. So, um, yeah, the, I don't think it necessarily a change of pace and that'll be just as busy or just be in different areas. Yeah, of course, the new season, September, obviously there's a, a process you have to go through where you're trying to persuade owners, dinners. Um, when does all that start, where you're trying to introduce yourself and let everyone know that you, you're on the way? Yeah, no, that started now, uh, to be honest. Uh, I got back from Hong Kong on Sunday, I had four days there, and um, it was great. Everyone's been uh, you know, extremely helpful. The jockey clubs are you know, a fantastic organisation that um, uh, look after their participants extremely well and, and the feedback's been, been strong so it, it's sort of a little bit just a touch early to be sourcing horses obviously I, I can't actually train a horse on the track until the 1st of June and um, race horses in September so a lot of it is as you say relationships, communication introducing uh, myself to as many people as possible and, and just, just quietly in the background looking at um, horses that might suit whether they're trial horses or race horses are the yearling market's not something that I'll be looking at just yet but um, you know if anyone came along and was keen to do it I wouldn't be against it but it's not something that I think we're actively going to be seeking um, at this stage. David do you like that? I mean is it, some people like to stay in the background and uh, do you like that social experience as well that goes with it meeting these owners and so on? Yeah, look, I think it's exciting. It's good to meet new people. I mean, I think I uh, came to Australia not knowing anyone, uh, quite literally. So, um, you know, you, you see the benefits of forming relationships with people. And, and um, yeah, I enjoy that. It's, it's, it's part of the job. And, and um, obviously, 
at times it, it can it would probably take a bit of a strain but um, certainly at this stage of my life um, uh, I've been yeah, very happy in doing that and it's something I enjoy you're only 32 years of age. Um, you, you've obviously got the benefit of both hemispheres and the way different leading trainers um, operate in, in the different hemispheres. Uh, seems to be nice and quietly there in, in like the UK. A little bit more hustle bustle perhaps here in Australia. Different kinds of horses from different hemispheres. And and you've learned all about that and no doubt, um, you know, learned from the best. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, Australia and New Zealand will be the obvious nursery early on. Um, the style of training is similar. Um, horses know how to trial and, and um, you know, they're largely going to be used to the track. But um, the European horses, you know, are, are actually a little bit more viable these days. People are willing to sell more so because the prize money is not as strong so but but most of them do take a bit of time to adapt which we've seen bringing them down here to australia so um pros and cons to both um i think be looking towards australia to begin with but certainly horses aiming for a derby um you know there's probably a bit more talent in europe too so um hopefully i've got yeah a lot of Good relationships with, with people um, on the ground who I trust and uh, look forward to um, rekindling those. David, did this little Hong Kong flames ignite very at a very young age when I think your mum, of course, your uncle is David Orton, who was in Hong Kong and used to get the results, I think, on a fax machine. Is that when you started thinking about Hong Kong with your uncle involved, David Orton, for so many seasons? Well, yeah, I mean, at the time it was... Uh, I don't want to say sort of pie in the sky, but yes, it was there, and it was something that I, I found extremely intriguing. Um, the system is so good. Um, you haven't got to run a business. You focus on uh, gaining clients and and, um, and and the right horses, and, and uh, you know, the star side of things doesn't take as much managing either. So um, you know, it's, it's I don't want to say less stressful because that's not, not the case at all. But, um, you know, there's, there's much more focus on pure results, um, which, uh, you know, is appealing. And I would think it's appealing to most trainers. Well, we wish you the best of luck, but it must be just so exciting. But as Mark Newnham said, um, I think Mark's trained nine so far for his first season. He's happy with that. His strike rate's pretty good, uh, around 80 or 90 runners. So... Um, if you can achieve something similar, I think you'd be pretty delighted, wouldn't you, your first season to yeah. get 10 winners or something like that? Yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, I think I've got under no illusions as to how tough it's going to be. And, and um, yeah, unfortunately, there you, you certainly can have runs where, you know, people think you're completely out of favour and, uh, and um, you can have, yeah, can have a very quiet time. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can bang in a couple early and... Uh, and uh, yeah, build a bit of momentum. And you developed relationships there previously. I think many years ago you spent time with David Hall and Casper Founds over there. Yeah, I have, yeah. They've been very kind, and Hawley in particular is, um, yeah, knows the system inside out, obviously come from Australia, so there's a bit of synergy there, and uh, he, um, he's, he's been answering lots of questions, which has been great. 
And finally, I know you're extremely busy, but what's uh, what's the report on the two Magic Millions runners, uh, Spy Wire and, and Erno's Q? Great. Um, they, they were this morning on the track. And, um, yeah, we were very happy for them. Uh, very happy with them. Uh, yeah, we've got nine up here, so it was a busy morning. But, um, yeah, everything went to plan. And, uh, we, um, yeah, they just trotted and cantered for, uh, for the morning. Erno's Cube, um, I've sort of got a slightly on top here. I'm not sure what to do, whether she's quite up to it. Look, am I on the right track, David? Is she going to run a race? Yeah, I think she will. She's peaking, and um, uh, she uh, she um, was a really good run in Sydney the other day. Hit the line strong, so uh, yeah, really hopeful of a big run. David, with Spywire, I think there was some talk going into last week that you know, he may sit for the first time. Of course, he led debut, bolted in, and then he led it. Wyong, we know what happened there. And I want to get your thoughts on yeah. that. If he if he may have tested the winner, had the situation not occurred, and of course last week, um, Craig Williams held up for the inside and led. So, if it you know they get, something goes crazy here, are you confident he'll sit off something and really finish off Spywire? Well, ideally, that's what we'll do. Yeah. Um, so uh, we. Um yeah, we, we'll aim to take a little bit of a sit. Um, plenty of winners to come from the, that sort of draw. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll work towards that. And many winners are backed up within the space of a week. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. David, just with Wyong, and I don't want to, you know, keep up talking about it, but I just want yeah, to know what your thoughts to are. Events. I'm going to jump into a meeting. Okay, we'll let you go, Dave. All right, thanks, lads. All there there he is, David Eustace. There, uh, talking about going over to Hong Kong. Um, exciting times. But that's what everyone says, Mike. That's the appealing thing, isn't it? They're not chasing bills. They've got staff yeah. organised for them. Pay, you know, they don't yeah. worry about payroll. Yeah. Just focus on the horses and then getting the owners on board. You can see why John Size has been extremely successful there because, you know, um, we knew him when he was training in Queensland and then he went to Sydney and he, he's the kind of guy that wants to be with the horses all the time. He, he, he doesn't give me the impression that he wants to sit behind a computer paying bills and um, doing all of that. And the Majoki Club do all that for you. You actually train the horses, liaise with the owners. And as David said, he's going to be far more hands-on than what he is now because it's such a massive operation, isn't it, the, um, the Ma Eustace operation here in Australia. But having all of that administrative side of things taken away from you, the Jockey Club worries all about that, then it's a great lifestyle, isn't it? It's a real changing of the guard, isn't it, with these young guns over there, Mark Newnham, Jamie Richards, yeah. David Eustace, and a lot of the older trainers, of course, have, have retired, like John Moore comes to mind. He was here for about a year or so and went back to, mm. to Hong Kong. I don't think he wanted to go either, but he had to, didn't he, given the... Yeah, they've got an age restriction um, in Hong Kong, and they're always looking for younger people with uh, the right profile to go there, and obviously... You know, and we know we, we back the jockey club up. We we know David Eustace, don't we? Um, um, you can't help but think that he's going to fit in perfectly there. And, and as I said earlier, his connections on, in the northern hemisphere in Europe and here in Australia, like he could just ring anybody, say, you know, I've got a buyer here that wants to spend this kind of money. What have you got? So um, he's going to hit the hit the ground running. But it is a process, isn't it? As he said, he can't get onto the track until the 1st of June this year. But at the moment, it's getting the ducks in a line. And then slowly but surely, as Mark pointed out yesterday, that, that's, uh, that's what he's been doing. 
and um, he's had nine winners so far in only a short period of time. It's only been since September, so Mark Newnham's certainly tracking well. Yeah. Hi Totsu was another horse I probably should have mentioned, you know, when well, we talked a, about There's a million of them. Yeah. <laughs> he was a, he was just when you look at his form, it was quite outstanding what he did, you know. Yeah. And he had a handful of starts by Morris, um, eight starts, four wins, but he won an Australian Guineas, he won a, a, a Sydney Derby, ATC Derby, he won yep. a Victoria Derby. That Sydney Derby was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And he won a Donald Maiden just a couple of starts before the Victoria Derby, you know? Yeah. Just a freaky sort of horse and uh, we Such had a, a tragedy that he he injured himself. We didn't know really how good he could have been. Yeah, yeah standing was, at Arrowfield, isn't he? High Totsu yeah. now. But, um, mm. you know, Ozzy Keir was with me and I had to laugh. He tells that story. He told it to me a few times where Keir and Ma rang him uh, before he resumed um, in the Australian Guineas. It was a bit of a time between runs. His previous run was the Derby. So he's returning in March, first up in a Group 1 mile. And Kieran said, he's a certainty. He was ready to go to the races, Aussie Keir. He had his family. He's got quite a few children as well. And um, he said he, he then, after the phone call, he got that worked up. He was sweating. And he said he aborted the plane. He cancelled right? the taxi he, and he, he didn't go. He was too nervous. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but Kieran Ma saying that um, that particular day.